What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Ancient Wisdom, your weekly Pokemon TCG podcast. My name is Corey Roush. With me, as always, is DJ Keener. It feels weird to say DJ because I just don't call you DJ. But Dave, how are you? Living the dream, man. It's the holidays. There's stuff going on. Staying busy, doing things, you know? Hey. Yeah, right. No, that's the truth. All of those, I can't argue literally any of those. Literally, all of that is true. Yeah. Um, Actually, playing some Pokemon, it's all good, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm used to having to ask at the beginning, what have you played the last week? But I mostly know, even though I don't think we didn't play at all, even though we were there, the, the rare time that we had four of us actually just sitting there testing, is I, that hasn't happened since, like, Toronto last year. In so a it was nice to actually kind of get everyone together and actually play in games, played, played a bunch of different decks. Um, I guess I'll start with, what did you like from what you played? We were playing after the San Antonio Regional, so we were kind of reacting to that and, like, updating our lists beyond that, but... Um, what really stood out to you is as, as what you were feeling, whether or not you were the one playing it. Uh, no, I mean, I, I liked Charizard. Charizard was good. Um, oh, so we're lying to each other already. This is cool. You didn't like Charizard. Uh, I followed it up with Charizard was good. Okay. Charizard is the most miserable it. deck to play of all time. Yeah, because like I like good decks. Yeah, no, I so, feel like you. Playing that deck makes me want to die pretty aggressively. Yeah. It's just so lame. Like, it is. It, it, it's not very much. An, it's not really an us deck. I don't. It think. feels like it would feel a lot cooler to just like search a card every turn and be like, okay, I have my cool card now. But like, none of your cards are cool. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what are you searching for? Mostly gusts. Oh, it's kind of boring. Anything else? Eh, you know, like more Charizards. Couldn't I just like draw those if I drew cards? It's like a guess. And like it's weird that like it, it it is weird that we feel find the the random draw of a couple cards to be better than just like being able to continue and like actually like search anything you want because that uh, should that should I think be it just better. feels better. No, I think the search yeah. is better. I think drawing the cards feels better. I also think that the the fail case on Charizard where you like whiff on rare candies or you know whatever or like you get path slash spirit tombed and you were relying on Luminian to get you there or whatever is just really really vicious and. That that's why I think when we're playing, we end up preferring the the TM version because like the the bad hands just feel so much better. Because very often it's like, well, I didn't really get everything I wanted, but here's an evolution TM. I've got a Bibberol and a Charmeleon on my bench for next turn, so I'm I'm not hoping to find, you know, rare candy plus Charizard. I'm hoping that my draw five gets me a, a Charizard. Like, mm-hmm. um. Whereas in you know rare candies are like I've I've whiffed here. I'm screwed. I have nothing um yeah and like i i know obviously like not just these results though a lot less people are playing bib Rosard, so there's something mm-hmm. to that as well whether that's correct or not because we see like fairly often over time you know decks that like have existed for forever just eventually fall into favor we're kind of seeing that with uh pidgeyzard right now really i mean it's been like highly played at different points in in the past over the the lifespan of obsidian flames to present but like without really gaining anything it has only gained popularity every event I mean, I mean, think about how the... underplayed it was in pittsburgh and like i know it took a couple events after that before like the oh we can play for arvin thing came out but the whole the deck was all there and it just keeps you know iterating and getting more popular i think it's actually pretty explainable though no right because like the i think to me like the reason why 
because I, I didn't love it last format and I am finding myself again I'm not the one sitting there playing it obviously so I can't say I love it that much but I, I, I can understand liking its position more because um of one key factor honestly and it's because guard of war was the, probably the most played deck last format and with the introduction of iron hands you've seen that go down in play because right on turned flipped that matchup on his head for it um and that's another highly played deck so I think you took out likely Charizard's worst matchup and like and not even took it out. You like just cut its meta presence in half. So the matchups that were good for it are more common and the matchups that were bad for it are significantly less common. So I think that that's what you're seeing, why you're able to see this fluctuation. It doesn't matter whether or not the cards are different for Charizard. It matters what it's playing into. And if you're going to tell me I'm going to play 15 rounds and two thirds of them are going to be Maridon, the mirror and, and Mew, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. But I think people should just be playing Gardevoir still. Should they though? Because like, I I, I mean the magic with Maradon is like roughly fifty fifty from my estimation, looking at results and stuff. So like, it's fair. not like that should actually be pushing it out of the format. I know that was like a favorable matchup, but if it's a fifty fifty and Charizard's twenty percent of the room, why are you not playing like I, the yeah. only deck that is good good against Charizard? Not the only deck, but I understand uh, that's really good against it. I don't think there's I, another no. deck that's as favored as Gardevoir. That's not true. Snorlax is more Cal, favored. I, I was going to say, Calgar would argue with you. No, no, no. Snorlax is more favored. Yeah, that's that, that was why I was making the face, because it happens to just be also a deck that, that we like. But uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of just discount Snorlax a lot of the time, because I'm just not going to test with it. <laughs> that's fair. And if we'll I was going to play Snorlax, later, even if I was going to play Snorlax in a regional, I would play it without testing the deck a single time. This is not a joke. Well, that's so fair. Like, so we, we we were talking before we came out about Knoxville. We're both registered, and we have other, we have friends that are trying to register tonight. Whenever we're recording, and um, I think there's like a better than fifty percent chance that we end up playing it and we never test with it. And like, I I mean, I played online because like I love it, but like, no, I would play actual, literal zero games before the tournament with Snorlax. I mean, actual practical testing, because like, you know the matchups, right? Like, you know what you know what to do. Your your opponent doesn't get anything out of testing with you unless they're like trying to beat it. But like, if our whole group is playing it, then we're not gonna test the mirror so yeah right. i get it yeah right. exactly but, um... exactly yeah i just it's a deck that like i i think about a lot when i'm thinking about like what decks are good and what decks are bad and whatnot but it's not a deck that i think about ever when i'm considering like oh this deck's matchups this these matchups and these matchups like no it's just it's just snorlax it just exists well it's like i had that with me this week like when we're sitting there passing decks around i'm like testing the gauntlet between the four of us and i'm just like i never even considered breaking it out because it doesn't actually add anything to it but yeah exactly, yeah. exactly i always have a build because like it's my favorite deck but yeah so you were playing a lot of uh charizard into you said sablezard and um and giratina giratina which is you know your favorite deck um and then i was playing a bunch of i played path Maridon, on i played or not path i played up uh we actually kind of like split it so it was like it's not just the straight up turbo because we were doing two peony and two um arvin um, and I also played with Kyogre and I played a bunch with the, uh, Paradox Box deck as well. Um, and I played into stuff like Mew and Turbo Moon. Um, so yeah, we got a little bit of everything on the table this week, which was kind of cool, kind of nice to do for a change. Um, still feeling anything comfy. Um, I'm, I'm convinced that we're going to be, and you know what? I said that the other day, just as a joke. And I actually like that. I, I, I came home and played a couple games with Giratina online and, uh, I was reminded again I will not be playing it. Mm -mm. If I'm gonna play Path and a Lost Box deck, I'll I'll find a way to like finagle it into into something else. It, it's just I I'm understand why not playing people, Giratina. 
I understand why it's another one that I understand why it's good because being being able to be probably the most adept attacking deck at playing from behind while also being able to path and can disrupt and stuff like that and knock out anything in the game is, is good, but um, it will not be me. Uh, if I'm going to play comfy, I want to do something much more fun. So um, yeah, so let's get into San Antonio because I, I think that this, I, what, this was the biggest tournament of all time, right? Uh, just under 2,000 yeah, yeah, players. Yeah, biggest Masters event of all time, at least, which, which is, is pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm at, just imagine 1,985 players in an event. I, I that's 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 insane. Oh, it's absolutely insane. Yeah, and it's think, great though. It's really cool. Yeah, it's it, I've never actually thought of it necessarily because like well, the goal in every event is is to win. You never really like I never really wrap my head around what that means. Like you have to do in a day. And I, I heard some people saying that even if you win seven one and one on day one, you had to go at worst four zero and two to make it into top cut. That's brutal. Yeah. Like that's, and that's by nature of the size of the tournament. So like that's whenever you look at it that way, like it's like oh my gosh, like the, 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 like as much as you think that you can do well and you can win in any game, and I, I, obviously you've topped events uh, before in other games, just the, the prospect of having to at best uh, lose once is 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 pretty tough in a fifteen round tournament. Oh yeah, it's insane. And I mean, I think the the big difference here between like a Pokemon event and um, I mean Magic was this way too, I guess, but I know like. Yu-Gi-Oh! at least it's like top 64 top 32 is the the singly limb cut and you would when you think about winning an event like you're like you have to win through whatever size the bracket is so like it works out to be yeah. the same way where you know when you're in a 64 team or 64 person <laughs> elimination bracket like you do have to win a million games in a row without losing right yep. but it feels a lot different to just get into you know mm-hmm. the the elimination rounds yep. yeah when that's the the problem it feels more brutal it's I guess functionally the same thing because like you're also still prizing down that far, but it feels like the same thing when you're <laughs> looking at it that yeah. way. So very interesting. Um, yeah. And yeah, th- these events are going to be brutal. It's, uh, you know, I, we've obviously seen the discourse w- for whether you like ID into day two or not anymore, if you're playing for uh, the, I don't think so. the win. I mean, it it's all about goals, I guess, but. Well, I think that like, so I think that the cap for top 64, which is where money is in a regional even then with uh with uh, two losses and a, I think two losses and a tie you still had you could only drop one game to even finish in top 64 right so right. but again you, I mean like, you, you do you're betting on yourself in those situations either way you're saying if I you know you put me in the dance I can do I can make it happen from there so yeah no yeah um but yeah so I I that that's we're kind of getting off topic but yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, but, but uh yeah so uh, top eight of this tournament was uh, with two Charizards, same team. So, um, two Giratinas, a Palkia, two Snorlaxes, and a Peony Maridon. So, while I got some things right and some things wrong, which is where we always like to start when we're talking about events, I think it's funny that this is the one where uh, I was as off control. Like, I think you asked me last week, and I was like, Yeah, I'm off yeah, control until, until something changes. Um, and then it immediately goes like, I think Cal Connor started off like 10 or something like that. Well, um, I think what changed was the room was almost a quarter Charizard. <laughs> Yeah, and and the better part is that none of them are respecting because they're just saying we won't play, like if we play against it, then I'll then I'll take it, and like it worked out for them. And if you look at it, like just the fact that uh, in top cut, like the control players played against Giratina and Palkia respectively. Right. So, right, um, if if that bracket falls differently, like there's a way that they just run through again. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, like I think... you said, there's a very good way for the the bracket to fall though, where like one of the the stall players gets to play Charizard Charizard in top eight, top four. And we're talking about, you know, yeah. a, a Snorlax. We're talking, we could be talking about a Snorlax mirror match in the finals or whatever. 
but yeah or because i'm i'm not really sure that the palkia matchup is actually bad that was the weird pidgey version that played against it so it was also i don't know if you watched the game uh, candy prize yeah in game three so right right and then game two the 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 game he got a double prize penalty for uh play pace of play uh so i think that like otherwise i think that because it, it seemed like he was going to obviously not swiftly saying swiftly in, in a game in, in a small game feels like an oxymoron but uh the yeah. game was very much in his favor where he was like yes i'm go- you're gonna end up with one prize left but i'm going to win and there was really no doubt about that and right. then the double prize penalty happens so um yeah we were very close to that happening again right because then it would have been uh, well yes no because it would have fallen the, uh, the that, no that no because the end of playing yeah, Tina, so they would so. have played Tina, and probably that matchup is very bad for Snorlax. So, <laughs> yeah, just the bracket did not fall correctly. But uh, I mean, and, you know, when you're yeah. talking about just to kind of work our way backwards on Snorlax, I guess when we're talking about how much Tina is seeing play too, though, it's it's going to be hard for Snorlax to be a great call right now because it's less than Charizard, but not much less. And when you factor in the other Lost Zone variants with it, it's about mm. the same. So, you know, we're talking about two things yeah. that are both at least 20% of the field. One of them is the best matchup for Snorlax. And one of them is the worst matchup for Snorlax. So yeah, it's pretty tough. I mean, you are making that. I'm going to play mostly Charizard call. Um, whether that's you saying that you think like more people winning will be Zard or that there's slightly more Zard or whatever. But, you know, like when you, I guess like when I start factoring in the idea that, hey, two Snorlax topped this event, like maybe Charizard players should respect it. Um it still stays kind of unattractive to me to play Snorlax, which I think is kind of yeah. interesting, even though it just it just proved that it can do the thing. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm, I haven't looked I've been a much deeply. bigger believer in the deck than you have. Oh, I don't think that's believer, but I've been more true. likely to play it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I just... I, Dude, if I signed up with Snorlax, sat down across from Charizard round one, gave my little mental fist pump, and then turned to their, like, uh, Arvin, Ad Toll Jammer, Quick Search, Minior, yeah. I would probably just quit like well yeah but that's i mean i would just look at the board and go round one tournament round one round one as we say the best record every tournament is those two drums i feel like worst case scenario if that's where we're at it then but yeah i don't know it's it's... i don't we don't play enough tournaments this is such like a separate conversation but what is this podcast except for us going on tangents about nonsense um all pokemon related though uh we don't get to play in enough events for me to play like a strong medical deck, I guess is my big thing. Like, no, I get that. That's not like I've really flipped on that mindset. Cause for a long time I was like, I'll play the deck with polarized matchups. If it's not my day, it's not my day. Right. Even, even though I don't get to go to that many events, but when you play in like two to three, one a year, pop a year yeah. yeah. I mean, last year I literally played in one major event this year. Also one. Um, no, last year I played in two, but only one was Pokemon. Um, so yeah, you know, no, you're, you're we, we played in two last. Oh, I get. Yeah, you're right because we had Toronto. Then, but I, I was going by season. But you're right by calendar no, year. No, going calendar years. Yeah, yeah. It was one this year, one last year. I played in a Yu-Gi-Oh event earlier last year also. Um, and I played a really like spiky deck in that event, and it it's one of those things that like really sucks when you play two tournaments a year and you know you lose one of them to yeah. I played this deck with really polarized matchups. I hit some bad variants, and you know you you miss day two off that or whatever. Um. You mean like me last year playing Control Toronto and then playing uh, Pikachu Arceus and and back to right, right, rounds? exactly, like, oh, exactly. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's just an unwinnable matchup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I, I've kind of come around on this to the point where like 
even if it's not the best chance to win a tournament, like if Snorlax won the spreadsheet, I probably wouldn't play it and would play like the next deck down that had a more even matchup spread just yeah. because I'd rather put it into my hands, whether I'm still playing the tournament or not versus uh, my deck that has auto wins and unwinnables. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that that's um, kind of what you're seeing with what they ended up with, what the winning team ended up doing. Right. Yeah. With, yeah. With, and it feels weird to say winning team, but like there's a and grant and like that, that team always plays the same thing and they were two of the top four. So like, um, and I think there was another one of them that I think they all yeah, made Caleb's in top 32 before, also. So. Yeah. So, which um, by the I way, were the only weird. three Charizard lists. Uh, I think this is funny because it seemed like Charizard was the deck of the tournament. There is not a Charizard player in between any of their placements before you get down to almost 30th place. It was the That's... three of them, no other Charizards. And then the next one was in 29th. Yeah. There was only, like... I'm sorry, there were another two more Charizards that snuck in right at 31 and 32. But yeah. essentially, like when you're, you know, looking at that standings, it's like, oh, here are these three extremely talented players. And nobody else is doing well with Charizard. Yeah, like which oh, is even we've got crazy when you consider it's a, a literal quarter of day of day two. We've got this guy who, on in the last two years, is on such a tear that it, we're probably reaching the point where you have to start talking about him as like, if if not the goat, like currently he probably is doing better than Tord. Actually, it just feels weird because Tord won in it. Less uh, no, they've won the same number of internationals since the game came back. Yes, and Azul has. <laughs> This is this was his third consecutive top eight. It's his sixth regional win. He was also in top four of worlds. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You start to like roll it back and say, oh, "Hold on." Yeah, this guy, and it's funny because this, he started the season cold. Like, yeah, remember? Yeah, cold. Day two, you know, cold. Yeah, thirty sixth place or some shit. You know, like <laughs> yeah. Now he's and he's made like you know thirty grand so since like September, just you know doing events. That's cool yeah but, right uh, exactly exactly just has been running it um yeah but i mean i think that says something too for like i i have said this a number of times and partially ton in, tongue in cheek but i sort of also do mean it whenever i'm playing charizard and i'm like i don't know this deck feels terrible it's like maybe i am just not that good that like searching for one card a turn which i know is a powerful ability but like maybe i'm just not playing that well <laughs> That like this yeah, one card I mean, is not like that. I'm not mapping enough turns ahead on my one card. Like, and I think that's exclusively comes with reps and being committed to doing it and thinking of nothing else. But I know that that's not necessarily what they do. But like, if you're not like, well, well that's not necessarily what they do. They are like obviously grinders. Like I hear Zul talk about how he doesn't really test or anything like that. It's like, like if you go to every single event, like eventually, like the reps are there. And if you stream every week, eventually the reps. Yeah, are there. I was gonna say. I mean, it's like I, I'm not a grinder. Azul just in events has played more games of Pokemon in the last month yeah. than I have in the entire year. Yeah, yeah. He says he grinds. He says he doesn't test and he doesn't play locals. I'm like, okay, but like you stream yeah. for four hours a day. You go to every single event. Right, like, right, right. <laughs> oh, I don't play local events. It's like cool. You spend more time on on live everyday streaming than I do at locals in a year. So yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that's not accurate, it, but you know it, what I mean. It's funny when you hear that. No, but yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's but not, I mean, he's also it's not inaccurate. Know, no, 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 exactly. And it's like, yeah, you play meme decks on there and stuff, but like you're still just getting reps of Pokemon in. Like it, it is a little yeah. bit disingenuous for sure. But yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. Let's the, talk about the list. Things interesting. Yeah, and I, I wanted, Were you talk, Were you playing like their list? Or I was playing, playing a slightly list different list because I one didn't feel like finding a justified gloves, and two, um really wanted to test toll jammer in the deck with or without many or okay um, that makes sense 
And I played a matchup where Toll Jammer is relevant. It's very good against uh, Sablezard because the, the mm -hmm. Devolution TM is their best card against you. Yeah. Um, but it ends up feeling kind of awkward because you have to sort of predict if you want it on your active or bench Charizard, be if they're going to rope you to make their play or not. Yeah. Uh, which just gets very confusing and frustrating. And you're never going to play two of them. So it's like, oh, this kind of sucks. Um, but with the Charmeleon in the deck, you're able to like weather one of them very easily so with the tool jammer you can put yourself in a decent spot where like the tool jammer is on you know the the actual zard and the other one is on the, the rare candied zard and the other one is the charmeleon so you're kind of okay either way um which i thought was interesting i felt like i had a really good grasp on that matchup and the tool jammer was good but i don't know that it was necessary the matchup that i really want to test with it is is the mirror if i'm being honest because i i want to make sure whether it's the justify gloves oh and i had um the defiance band instead of the the gloves and then i had the tool jammer over one of the vacuums that's what it was um, which I, I feel like the defiance band is very similar enough that it's like you're getting like you know what i mean like it's not exact but yeah i think the issue is that the prize mapping in the mirror which is the only matchup that that card is for yeah. um, the gloves i should say band is good in a lot of matchups actually which yeah. is why i'm i'm very hesitant to go this way i do think the gloves is enough better in the mirror that if you're like worried is about it? that just when you start like mapping prizes since you have to like be behind actually and you're yeah. taking prizes in in two prize increments basically mm -hmm. um nine times out of ten anyway like yeah you don't really if you're both on two prizes you can't use the band but you're already doing enough damage anyway and if you're you know what i mean so like you can never yeah. really take like the last prize you, you'd have to be the player going to two prizes to use band and then they can just win the game anyway mm -hmm. um so it, it gets kind of awkward um and i think the so yeah i think the gloves is enough better in the mirror and okay. i think cutting the tool jammer uh so the other matchup i tested was tina and i was playing as a quad path list which i know some lists play three some play four whatever playing against tina for a <laughs> while without the maximum number of path outs is really vicious yeah um my my opinion of the matchup going into that was that it was about even um and the results of the night and i'm playing at somebody who you know hasn't played a ton either so keep that in mind was that it is roughly 50 50 and i mean this with no offense towards ross at all and saying it but like one of us started playing pokemon two weeks ago and one of us has been playing yeah. for the last two years and it still felt like a 50 and ross is good at card games he's this is not at all a shot at no, him, but but it's like i should probably be a slightly more favored in the matchup just based on hours put in yeah, yeah, um, you, you can see he's picking it up very quickly, but like, there's still something about knowing like all of the interact. You don't know you're decking them out whenever it's your first. Yeah, time playing it. right, right, right. So it like I the results were fifty fifty, but it felt bad. It felt like it was much more in his favor, and really that boils down to path to the peak. Um, yeah. the prize mapping's not bad. I will say it's also a lot better. the The band makes a big difference there. Also, if they take like a cram knockout on one of your charmanders or anything the band is actually yeah. really good then yeah. um there's there's definitely places for it but it didn't feel unwinnable but basically it did feel like, like you need to get ahead and you need to make sure that you have outs to path the good news mm -hmm. is like they they need to be very proactive so they're not um able to really prioritize like the ion and rocks uh, ionos and roxanne's early on so they have to be so proactive cool. we're saying that like you are able to uh like quick search or arvin and just leave it out in your hand a decent amount of the time or if you're able to like sit on your four seal stone just leave it in play because they also aren't that great at chasing your bench guys 
but if you if you whiff on outing a path for like a turn ever basically it feels like you lose um and obviously it's not like that linear because you can be set up enough already and there's there's definitely some like tricks there because for them to like really win the matchup they need to be able to like chip a charizard and then kill it so if you're able to either put that on your bench and collapse stadium it away or if you play turo or something like there there are some ways for you to get some other edges there um like you you can make a lot of these things work but it it is a much tougher matchup than i expected and yeah yeah i actually I, wanted to just go with this because we were talking about the the gardevoir thing i don't know when this happened if this is something that changed in one of the decks or not uh would you like to guess what the and i'm you know giving away the answer here already would you like to guess what guardy's win rate against charizard is on trainer hill now from the I'm last two guess. weeks i mean i guess it's gonna say not very good and and, and that's no, surprising 42 percent that that just seems very that, that's what so happened there i don't know that's that's very strange because because that was the that was the deck that you played to beat zard for a long time i mean it's one of the decks i would consider if that's what i was going for yes and yeah i that's that's very i don't know that's the lists have not changed enough where i really think that should have flipped so no and it was like no. I, I like it was favorable for guardy like two weeks ago and the charizard lists are essentially the same so that's very interesting <laughs> yeah. and you know this could be one of those things that's just like a weird data anomaly but yeah it is extremely zard favored would you like to guess what the giratina win rate against charizard is to back that uh feeling up also i would say like 55 to 60 62 okay yeah yeah so so tina is apparently actually very favored which that kind of lines up with the the way that just like the inability to deal with a path to the peak a lot of the time speaks to um which to back up to like really the reason that initially we started to like the not pidgey version was that you don't i mean you care if they path you obviously you don't care that care less you care a lot less yeah um so it's it's interesting i guess but i mean to talk more about the list itself uh, we touched on this a little bit when we were talking about Snorlax already, but they played no switches, no Turos, no Jet Energies, n- nothing. No cards no. that could get you out of your active. And what's really interesting to me about that is that they still played the Mew. Yeah, which I like. I mean, I understand it is. I understand that it's the best starter in the deck, but um, yeah, it's it's it, that was very strange to me because. Like I don't, especially whenever they're only playing seven fire energies, which I think is relevant to talk about. If you don't start it and you want to retreat, re- retreat into it in, on turn one, and then find a way to retreat out of it on turn two, that's just so costly on on, on your energy. That's to me exactly personally. what I was gonna say because when you're playing seven fire energies and notably only one super rod, um, yeah. you're really really taxing those energies to do that, and that that was actually like one of the games that I went for. First off, like you whiff on that Mew if you go for that play also, like you miss on your VIP pass or a, a you know, level ball or whatever because like Ultra Ball is too costly when you're just trying to set up turn one. Uh, it feels really bad. Yeah. The, the flip side is that there's a lot of matchups where you kind of count on that Mew as your way to proactively deal with a path. So when, sure. um, you know, Tina goes path, Star Requiem, your Charizard, go. You really want to be able to promote Mew so that you can dig for Lost Vacuum and still make your plays. Um. So I think you have to play it, and I think that kind of also goes hand in hand with the uh, you really should play the double lost vacuum. Um, yeah. But I, I, yeah, I feel like it is a little bit greedy. That's the other thing that I felt. Um, I lost one game where I made a bad play with my super rod, and I like I would have won this game if I played better with my rod. So you know it is what it is. Which 
common problem there. Um, if I played two, I could have won the game easily either way. And there were a lot of games where it didn't feel like it was really on me that, that there was an issue with just having one rod. But if you ever were trying to like put your Charizard on your bench and collapse stadium it away, it becomes very costly to try to power up enough Charizards that you have like a relevant number of attacker, of attackers. And I know that yeah. like very often your opponent is going to try to eat your Pidgeots, Rodom, Luminium, whatever. So you probably don't actually need that many Charizards. So like how many are they really going to push through? And more likely it's probably like you're going to want to collapse away one of those Rodoms or Luminiums or whatever. But yeah, it, it was notably costly when like, you know, if you have the Charizard, because again, Tina has to kind of chip through one. If it gets like impacted for 280 and you retreat collapse data it's like i don't i can't really provide enough energies to play through this game especially if something random gets bossed to my active and i have to retreat yeah yeah and i i didn't see that happen too often this one this was this was this was the finals matchup obviously Garatina mm -hmm. versus charizard and i thought the matchup was actually pretty very interesting to kind of like learn the matchup from i thought they both played played it rather well and it went to time and was just decided on prizes so they didn't even finish the game three um and i, I feel like a lot of the points that you're outlining are things that you saw and and I don't want to say that I was always lucky to come away with it because I, I don't think luck comes like I mean obviously luck comes into everything but he, I mean, he I think luck comes into it in the sense that 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 game was like 10 seconds on one turn away from being an extra turn in turns which yes. could have which yes. could have seen the game end legitimately in the other direction not, yes. not legitimate you know what I mean though could have seen the game come like, to a, all, a, all a natural conclusion yeah. um yeah, and I think that that like if that happens, then maybe we are talking about some of the the, the cost or the corner cutting a little bit more critically. But um, yeah, I, I think they would have. I think they admitted that they thought that the list was was a little bit greenier, and they just kind of wanted to fit it all in there. So um, yeah, I mean, I think, and this work gets thrown around in Pokemon all the time. So I I do think I saw. I want to say it was Grant said it was the optimal Charizard sixty. Um, ignore it every time he, he says it because he says every list he's ever played is off well i was so. gonna say but he likes to spew so i'm not really positive <laughs> what yeah. his intentions there were oh um, i think he believes it every time he says it i think he just says it every time yeah he does say it every time he's never done anything imperfect so it's fine um except for when hasn't been great at that especially uh, they said that's the he's never beat his own in a in yeah a i think that was guy. five five losses that's, in a row now that's brutal. Um, but yeah, it. I think we and we've seen the Charizard deck on full display for the last like three months, and and and, uh, and now like I remember when we said it before, it was like when it was like picking up steam, but also like not like putting up big results. We were like, yeah, some of the good players are playing it, but not like the actual good ones. And now that the actual good ones are playing it, you're seeing it like really spike events. So I I do think yeah. that um, well, I guess I want to I shout out like one of the things that did make a big difference for the deck that has been easy to kind of ignore. This is like the only deck that actually plays Jirachi because this was the one deck that like had a Sableye problem still. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that, that was like the one new card that does make space. a big difference. And it's so funny that like the big innovation for this deck, and this happened a while ago now, but was the switch from playing like a whether it was Pidgeot EX, Entei EX, or V, I'm sorry. Pidgeot V, Entei V, whatever, to Rodon V, to just have that turn one. Kind of the same thing where like, oh, at least when we have the Bibberal, we get some cards. Now, at least mm -hmm. when you go, not even just when you go first, but on turn one, at least you get three extra cards in your hand. Yeah. And you're using these Ultra Balls so regularly to just put like a Charmander on your bench that it is very costly. So that's really, really helpful. Um, I think that, I think that's like an innovation we didn't give enough uh, light when it happened a while ago. That was a really big deal for the deck. 
Um, yeah, I, I remember the first time I saw it, and I was a little bit skeptical, but like the more I've seen it play out, I'm just, oh, that's just crap. Like, yeah, that, yeah, you're, it, you're just it, supposed it feels to play like that. Everything invalid. else is worse. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're just supposed to do that. I did like that, like, between cutting the NTV, like, was for that, and so that's been a couple weeks in the making, but even cutting, like, the Radiant Charizard, like, I don't mind any of that, because, like, I, I think the simplification that was needed, and that's, like, it, it goes hand in hand with the digging for extra cards, but it, it, it goes a little bit further. You don't really need other attackers. Like, you yeah. Don't, you don't, well, there's... You're attacking Charizard. The other thing with the the Radiant Charizard, because that was the one I was the most skeptic of the cut a while ago, I think it's really easy to not understand just how costly, like, if you want to play this energy package, if you want to play seven energy single super odd, how in the world are you still having enough energies in your deck to put one on this Charizard, put one on your guy to retreat, and be able to attack for a knockout in a situation where it matters? Because your yeah. your Charizard EXs also don't do like the right amount of damage. Where you're like two fifty is a really good number. It's like no, I needed like forty more if I missed a KO, man. Like yeah, and um, like it doesn't help that um like if you're gonna play like the no switches or turos, just any time that you even like if you start it or like you have to put it down to save it from like an early game research or something like that. It's just it is such an anchor on you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's I have been very happy to not have that one in my deck uh, when I've tested without it. So I think that was a really good choice for the deck. I think that made a lot of sense. Um, the one that I'm not as sure about, I guess, still is like the the energy count. But the other thing that I thought was interesting in their list that I want to touch on like really quick is the Charmander spread. No, no 60 HP Charmander when that one was popular yeah. for a while now. And that rolls back to the thing I just said, where it's like, you do kind of like having that one prize attacker, because the big problem is a lot of times you are trading like two, two, two on prizes. You're never playing a seven prize game. And there's like a lot of spots where you are 30, 40 damage short on your KO and being able to just yeah. like one energy knock out that Charmander. And it's either there with energy on it already for you to evolve or, you know, they're not dealing with like your bench Charizard or whatever. If you still had one back there, I, I found that to be pretty relevant in games that I've played actually. Yeah, I was I was surprised, and I, th and I I understand that just generally like it seems like like other than the Pidgey, which they're still playing, so it doesn't like the like the fifty HP Pidgey. Like it seems like a lot of decks are really just saying forget like anything that's more beneficial. We'll, we'll go up to the seventies, like with with the Rapid Strike decks uh, going to the seventy HP Remoraids, even though they're not Rapid Strike or like this. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to see that that's kind of kind of the choice that everyone's making. I don't I don't know how I feel about that necessarily. I, I'm with you that I kind of like the like I've I've liked the two one one split that, that we've seen uh more than this, but I, I understand well, the, the necessary consistency. Yeah, yeah. I guess I mean again when we're talking, I say you're 30, 40 damage short a lot of the time. The other Charmander does do 40, so I get wanting yeah. to keep that. And you you do obviously have the the outlet to if you're like evolving a bench Charizard <laughs> to put two energies on the one to deal 30. So maybe it's less of a of a concern. Um and I will say the the one thing to note is, especially in the Giratina matchup, it's actually really, really nice when you start 70 HP Charmander, if they were to path you and you just go, I will pop that. Thank you. Yeah, that I, I, that's, that, that may be some of the concession you're making. I mean, they play I mean, they, a fair bit of... of their list is actually like, it's greedy in a lot of ways. It's not greedy to path to the peak, right? We've got two vacuums, three stadiums, and three of the uh, stadium destroy Charmander, which doesn't feel like it'd be that relevant, but it comes up fairly often because you just can't play through path yeah exactly so uh yeah i i, I if, if that's part of the concession of not just that it has 60 hp but because you want to primarily be having um the, the alpha path with that in in, in weird situations yeah. like the one you mentioned you're, like, earlier with the statement that the energy cost is irrelevant you're going to be putting two energies on a charizard anyway to attack with it so 
Yeah, that's that. I, I can see that logic. Um, well, we've talked a bunch about Charizard and connectedly a bunch about Giratina. I don't really think we have to go into the Giratina list too much at all. One, because they're pretty stock standard at this point, and two, because like we're talking like to me, what makes Giratina appealing? Not that either of us necessarily find it appealing is is like the matchup it has against this. So I, I think that's kind of what you're talking about there, right? Like talking about why Charizard was so good was also why Giratina was a good call. And like we touched on Stormax already, and there was um, the the Cal Connor that what that got uh, fifth with just the normal block acts we've been seeing, and then an eighth and a tenth place list uh, that kind of changed things up. And we've seen this, I think, like make like top thirty two or top sixty fours overseas, uh, playing the the two two uh, Pidgeot EX line and playing like Luxray V and things like that to kind of try to find other edges um in, in different matchups which I, I find interesting i don't know that it's necessarily better i think we've talked about it uh where i like the pidgeot i think that that's a really good inclusion i don't know that i necessarily love anything else about this version of of, of the deck like it, it's fine um i, I just assume like, this is like a quick not to cut you off i assume the list no. in 10th and the list in top cut were identical and uh they're not they're interesting they must yeah. be very close but i just yeah. i assume they were exactly the same and that's interesting to me I know that the the one that um the tenth place list didn't play um while and yeah, it I was gonna say it looks like energy. the so yeah and the one that was in Top Cup played while Vest over like an extra Snorlax which makes sense and then the V Guard which yeah yeah that all adds up yeah um I like this list I, I've tried it some because like I mean it, it's control I'm gonna try it um and it, it's similar enough and I, like I said I do really like the Pidgeot because like you want to be able to like get through your deck all the time and like yes you can Rotom and, and you often will. Um, but it's nice to not have to have it in play. Like, because like it, it, it can just be like, you have to waste the card to get it out of the active. If they're able to like break your lock and like, yes, they break the lock by bossing up Pidgey up, but they're often not one shotting it. Um, in a lot of matchups and, um, it's easy to just like pivot back out. So, um, and the, and the control gives in like, it, it makes your spirit in that much better because it's not stopping you from doing things, but also, um, punishing them, which is really good. I don't know. I, I, I like this. I like this list, but I think I like the regular block better. But I think there's like some sort of mixture of the two, which feels silly to say because they're already so similar. But like kind of like somewhere in between that I'm a big fan of. But we, like we talk about control all the time, and there's really not much to say. Like I, I think the deck is good, but it just like it, it's it's really good in Charizard. It's really bad in the Giratina, and everything else from there is kind of. Um, I mean, if, if, if that's 50% of the day two room, which it was this time, then it, it's tough to really talk about um, the, the rest of the matchups for it. But yeah, um, I guess what I want to say is just that I like kind of to bring back a conversation we had earlier on here. I would be, I think the pure block is a better deck right now, um, but yeah. I would be way more interested in playing a deck like the, the Pidgeot version. Just because you have, I feel like you have so much more game in the awkward matchups by having access to something like, you know, Pidgeot, oh, X-Ray. Um, and you can play like such a, a more interesting suite of interaction that way. So, and being able I, to do things like, um, like because you can search everything and like you can attack with Pidgeot if you really need to, you play the three double turbo, mm -hmm. you're able to like proactively answer the mini or in Lost City it because exactly. like you have. Like it, it, it does give you a lot more control over a lot of the more niche situations, whereas yeah. block is just like I'm blocking. I think like this is the deck that I would be much more likely to play and the deck that I'd be much more likely to like actually test with because uh, not only do I think there's a lot more um, game there, but like there's more to, to test in here just straight up. But there's also like yeah. playing against this version, I think is probably even more interesting 
given that there's yeah. like actual prize cards to take on the table. <laughs> yeah, it is cool. I, I don't know. Um, I, I really enjoyed, like, I mean, I, I enjoy control more than most fans, but I thought that I, even the announcers who typically don't love, like they, they didn't, they openly said they didn't want to feature Kyle Connor uh, because like, it's just not fun for most viewers. They were commenting while watching the top eight match for Hale, how interesting it was because while you're not, um, like attacking in the normal sense, like there is a lot more proactivity about what's going on, which made it a more interesting chess match. So, in the second um, expresses, if like the situation comes up and the right, you know, the cards fall the right way, like you, you do deal damage with these cards. So, yeah, you sure do. Uh, yeah, it, it's definitely cool. Um, so that leaves us the other top eight decks were, um, Palkia again and Maridon. Starting with Palkia, um, wow, but this is now two events, uh, in this format where most people were saying the deck isn't real and the numbers are not indicating in terms of play rate that it is all that real, but it still finds itself succeeding. Uh, I, I, I jokingly said, you, we have to add it to the comment at this point. I don't necessarily think we do, but are you feeling like it's any more real than you had thought of before? Or it's just two unique occurrences. Uh, we've hit the point where it happened twice. So it, you have to like look a little bit, right? I yeah. mean, it's, I don't feel like it is real still. Um, it's interesting to try to figure out what it's actually good against even. Yeah. Because just like logically when I look at it, it doesn't seem like a deck that is good against that much to me. Um, you know, obviously like you've got game in a lot of places. Uh, Ace Rider VMAX is, is a house and it can hit pretty hard, but excuse me. Um, it doesn't do that much still, you know? Yeah, but it doesn't. It doesn't one shot anything that's that relevant. It one shots right on. Okay, sure. Like, like, like that's all. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously being a little bit like tongue in cheek with that because it's like I, I don't know what like. It's yeah, weird I mean you're right. I it does do that. Like every like I've watched it on stream that a few times it's been featured and I'm like I watch it I'm like I don't know what this is doing well. But then <laughs> the it thing it's doing well is the is the thing we talk about every time we see these decks pop up is that it gets to play Melanie and Irida. It gets to play four of both of those cards, and those cards are both insane. Like, yeah, <laughs> that is that is the room in the format for this card or for these decks. It's like, yeah, my Pokemon are worse than your Pokemon, but I do probably have the best supporter suite in the format. That's fair, and I, and I can absolutely see that logic for it. Um, but that doesn't <sighs> yeah that doesn't tell me any reason to like prefer the deck because that's not that's not a way that the deck is good or that the deck is winning i should say like yes you have good setup cards yes you have a lot of optionality with four eras in your deck you know you have luminian to find that you have uh both muse so you're able to get some digging in but like yeah you'll find cards but it doesn't matter if you're finding your cards when your cards don't do anything yeah you know i'm i'm having a hard time still with this one um because it's not even like like an ice rider cross switcher play doesn't like one shot a Pidgeot. Like that's not a relevant play. No, I mean, it's not like it's not like Backscalibur where like it Greninja is obviously one of the better attackers in the format, but you're probably only doing that once. Because yeah, like yeah, you're, well, so you're this list um was, yeah, this list did something that I like a lot and it plays an energy switch so that you can do a, a Melanie into energy switch oh, play okay. to do it twice, cool. which I think is really, really good. Um I thought that was I've done this in versions of the deck like way, way back when I was like trying to make the deck work when it had no reason to work, which it still doesn't. But um, it, it is funny. So here's what I'll say. I do think this is the better uh, water deck. I think this is better than than Baxcalibur right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Baxcalibur is like brick on yeah, playable. Just like no playable now. Yeah. So I think this is the better water deck. So if that's like something you were interested in, if you wanted to play a Chan Pao, you wanted to play 
uh that's greninja there you go i was gonna say those are like the only overlap in your pokemon but you mm -hmm. know i think this is the better deck to be doing that with um you know and you do still have like some of the options because using uh palx v star you can take a one shot with chen pao on something like a charizard you can make those plays happen yeah. you can't really deal with multiples so there's that i don't know it also feels like this should have if we're going that way like we've got our one roxanne and uh, some ways to like search cards out of our deck that were other than Luminian not great at searching supporters. It feels like you should be like Path Rock Sanding in here for like your late game plan, like old Palk decks did, though you have mm -hmm. a lot less access to your cards, but still. Um, I, I don't know. I can't really explain this, but it happened twice. So it's at the point where I feel like I have to pay attention to it at least. But it feels worse than a lot of decks that didn't top. It feels worse than a lot of decks that. I think we would agree are like tier two. So yeah, you know, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what to think about this one yet. And then the last one is the one thing I did get right because I said my joking take was there would be the peony yeah, ride on deck, ride on. and it made it into the top eight. And I, I I tested it this weekend. I didn't like testing it in person. I, I it, it's weird. We've talked about this, the phenomenon of this before, where um I like playing ride on online, and then the second I tried in person, I hate it, and I don't, don't know why. That shouldn't be like that. Just doesn't make sense. But... Uh, it's it's funny. It, it has to just boil down to like the mental opportunity cost of being a uh, a dice roll gamer and rolling on your electric generators. Because when you do it online, you just go, "Well, that sucked." Next one. Yep. Because like that's the thing with that deck. A lot of the times when you whiff, like you do, just lose. Like yeah, and then you're like, "Cool, on to the next one." I won't you know whiff what? next time. But yeah, when you're when you're playing online and. It, especially when you're playing best of ones almost which is yeah like testing is like a best of infinite if that makes sense like you're just not mm -hmm. really ending it's like ah, i gotta play another game with this after this and if you do that online and you're tilted about it you just switch decks or you just Correct. don't play anymore when you're sitting there like grinding matchups and you're like this sucks you win and it's like you probably play the game out half the time even because you you know you're testing the matchup and it's like oh can i come back the answer is no but if it happened to me on live i would just click concede yeah. and when yeah, i'm playing and, in person it's like here's like five turns of misery while i go manually attach hope you don't boss me manually attend. and they're like oh, now boss that one kill it you're like okay here's my one <laughs> flaffy please don't boss it boss okay. oh you did cool see you later this has been and fun it, i'm enjoying this but you're not enjoying it it's awful it probably doesn't help that i was also testing against turbo moon which one i think is a bad deck and two um probably has a good you matchup. decided to, to sneak that in as a as flippantly as possible just one it's a bad deck too i said i think it's a bad deck i, I, I at least was not definitive there but i mean let's we, we... look at the matchup spreads between turbo moon and jenner or uh peony maridon well i was gonna say i'm pretty sure that's unfavorable that's notably unfavorable for maridon i felt like it um but while you're looking i will bring up that we did we, we made fun of me last week and, and you said is this the week that it gets the top eight and i laughed and said absolutely not and uh, we said, okay, well, that means it will. And then I think the highest placing one was yeah, it's not pan out at this event. So um, yeah, I'll stand by that. I think that that's dog duty. But the matchup, I'll say, it's still good. still uh, three of them in top sixty four. Wow, awesome. another one in sixty fifth. Yeah, I still think that's a deck that's just like not getting uh, tested enough. I think like it's one of those things where the thing you can do with the engine is clearly good, and I think eventually we'll see some. Sada, Energy Search, Thornton, whatever nonsense actually be good, but obviously... Yeah, when we get different ancient Pokemon. I agree. I don't think that's the problem with the deck. 
I know. I just. It's, it's so funny because you're like, yeah, when we get different ancient Pokemon. Also, I really like Roaring Moon in my Lost Box decks, and you should definitely play it in them. Oh, so Roaring Moon is good. I... Yeah, but not in Roaring Moon. It's good in not Roaring Moon. What? Yeah, I let them do it once. <laughs> I only want to do it once. <laughs> I mean, I, it's, I don't know, man. The, the decks matchup spread is like, also, something that's like fairly favorable for it, which this is really funny, actually, is if they don't play 60 HP Charmander, the Charizard matchup gets way better. It sure does. Wait a minute. Do we just <laughs> That's crack literally the, the best card in the, in the matchup. Like, you can't beat them because they have 60 HP Mander. So what you're telling me if next if next week like there is no regional I'm next still week, next not going that far but, but yeah the next week yeah. no what I'm saying is that next week's Christmas but if there was an event this coming weekend it would actually probably be Roaring Moon's time I still wouldn't pick it because that deck sucks but uh, it is unfavored into Maridon by the way okay only only into Turbo Maridon it's significantly favored into Flaffy Maridon so this could be a sampling error that sounds like because the Peony Maridon is not exactly highly played. Yeah, you know what? It's not that much less played, but yeah. If there's like a 30 match sample against Maradon Flaffy and a 20 match sample against uh Oh, okay. Peony Maradon. Interesting. Uh, neither of those uh, are I... massive samples though. But no. I was talking we were talking about this the other day. I will say, like, just talking about Roaring Moon since we're talking about it now. I, I said this like partially jokingly when we were talking to Zach, but it is mostly true. The deck's matchup spread is very good, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if we like I'm gonna only look at the or we could even combine the two Maridon things and call it a 50-50 matchup when one was 45 and one was 56. But mm-hmm. um, even if we call that one a coin flip, it has uh, three negative win rate matchups only. Um, one of them is Snorlax. One of them is Palkia. And then Charizard. Now, the issue oh. is that the Charizard matchup is, in fact, 38%. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 pretty rough. Uh, and when I say like even or better, only like two of those are 50-50s, by the way. The other ones are all like 54 to 57% favored for Roaring Moon. It literally beats every deck in the format. Because Palkia is not actually a deck in the format. Let's just ignore no. that. It beats literally every deck in the format except for Charizard and Snorlax. And it's only like 46% into Snorlax. That one's not that bad either. Well, and like, to, to be fair, like this is kind of what we said, like at the beginning of the format. And while Charizard doesn't exactly fall into this category, yeah. in, because it's not a big basic, it, it's a big, almost basic. It, it, but like, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's a big rare candy target. <laughs> but uh, like, it, it, it's the, it's the I'm a, I'm a thick boy and I hit real hard deck. And like at the beginning of the format, we knew there was Roaring Moon, we knew there was Charizard, we knew there was uh, Maraida, and we knew there was Pao. And we're like, one of these is going to be definitively very good. The other ones are probably not going to be very good. And that's, not necessarily boiled down that way, but Team Pals has fallen off, and and, and I, I, I've given my feelings on on Turbo Moon, but um, I think at, they feel a similar niche, is what I'm saying. Well, I guess I, I think like. not to cut you off because I agree with a Please. lot of what you said. I think what what we were really looking at when we said that at the start of the format was that it felt like there was room for one of Roaring Moon and Maridon. Yes. Um because Charizard is different enough from the other ones that it's kind of its own thing, and we had kind of like already written off Chien Pao because we realized like the data supported it not having any good matchups and Chien Pao while did do the punch active thing really well it, it was a lot more I don't want to say a lot more steps because like Roaring Moon does it in the most steps but uh it was the most like convoluted you know you have to put a stage mm-hmm. two into play and then you have to find energies every turn and you know Roaring Moon and Maridon it's like if this thing survives it's just going to keep hitting you fam um yep. so it felt like those were the two decks and 
what what ends up happening is that essentially that iron hands is very good into the field at least at the beginning of the format um iron hands is obviously still a really good card but we have seen the format warp around the card enough where like there's not a ton of matchups where you're like iron hands is my best card um yeah iron hands is your best card like if you can attack with it turn one against charizard so that you get to take two prizes on you know whatever active they had but like for the rest of the game it is no longer your best card um you know, Gardevoir's push down. It's good against Giratina, but not backbreakingly so since Giratina does kill it. Yeah. You know, the other Lost Box decks have adapted to being able to kill an Iron Hands in one shot um, as easily as possible, whether that's them playing Roaring Moon. I mean, you know, uh, there's Dragonite Vs, there's Mini Ores with glasses, there's a million things, right? But like you're, or uh, and there's Radiant Charizard even. There's a million ways, but like decks have all worked around it. And I think like, Maradon is probably going to continue to drop off. And that doesn't mean that Roaring Moon is going to come up when I say there's room for like one of those decks to be like really good because there there could just be neither of those decks being really good. Mm-hmm. That that is another separate option, right? But like I think I think Maradon continues to fall off at this point because decks are either not bad against Iron Hands or are very prepared to beat Iron Hands at this point. And like there is obviously there's the snowball factor where and this is probably why the Peony version continues to pick up, where you're like you're playing four generators on your first turn. You've got like iron hands plus two other things ready to attack on turn. Who's like, you aren't going to catch up, which you're yeah. not in those situations. Um, but we're also making the deck more high rolly, less consistent, you know, polarized, but not in the sense that like, it's the matchups. It's just like your range of playables versus unplayables. And yeah, we're also putting 17 makes... to 18 energies in the deck now. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I think that was what I realized immediately, right? And that, like, feel, that feels even worse in person, where you're like, well, okay, I whiffed this first generator somehow. I have 17 in here. I don't know how I whiffed it. Let me, uh, let me, uh, let me squawk real quick. And I squawked into five energies. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. I'd like to quit now. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. But, it, yeah, all of that to say, like, I think that Maridon is just going to be on the downswing, personally. And... I don't know that there is a way to improve that Charizard matchup to the point where you're like happy playing Roaring Moon into it. Um, there is like just to mitigate the Charmander thing, you know, you can put energy capsules on your Roaring Moons, which does does work. It stops the Charmander crackback, but like the deck has multiple lost vacuums. The deck can play Toll Jammer. Like it's it's not foolproof in any way. Um, but I mean, you know, there's certainly a, a world where you get off a turn one like Greninja attack with as the Roaring Moon player, and then you can snowball the game because all you need to do now is gouge two Charizards and you win, right? So there's an angle there. I, I think like you're never going to be favored in the matchup. So that's not the the meta you're or the thing you're looking for. You're looking to get that to like a 45 or even less than that. But like if the, matchup like is, one or two. if the matchup is 40% and you play, you know, five Charizards in the course of a tournament, you still go, like, you still win two of those, right? Like, obviously, you yeah. can't lose three times, and you're probably not, even when Charizard is 20% in the field, you're probably not going to actually play it five times in the tournament either. No, you'll probably but, play, like, three, two or three. Yeah, right. And then, again, also, like, 40%, like, you can still win three times with a 40% matchup. Yeah. But, you know, you're looking for a metagame where Charizard is less played than this, also a version of the list that's a little better against Charizard. But, again, it, it is really interesting to me that the deck essentially doesn't have bad matchups, except for the one deck that you can't afford to have a bad matchup against right now. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. So, um, I mean, 
you you will be much more right than me because like i'm going to continue to live in the dream world where i like i i guess i've played the deck enough also where i like i know you beat literally every other deck you just don't beat the, the one that matters the most where i'm just going to keep telling myself this guy's going to dodge him this week someone's dodging him this week wasn't this week probably not going to happen there's a lot more charizards <laughs> and roaring moons yeah it's 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 tough um Usually we would go a little bit further than just the top eight, but I think that that makes sense to finish there for this week um, for no small reason because, well, there's a couple of reasons. We've already been going for probably pushing closer like to one of our longer episodes, but also there's nothing for the next two weeks because of the holidays. So um, we'll have, well, the, like maybe next week we can go into some of the more like... Yeah, uh, we'll the, probably the, talk the about this th event some more, honestly, between yeah. like this and online events that have happened since, but I, I think there's honestly more to talk about just like especially if we look at this next to stuttgart mm -hmm. um yeah between like the the where one lost of these being one like of the a other. lost box resurgence one of them being a barely any lost box in day two and obviously there's like some literal regional differences like geographic differences that yeah. play into yeah. that but yeah it's it's interesting i think there's a lot to talk about still this, this format's uh staying interesting for sure absolutely yeah i i I like it a lot because it is like, I don't necessarily need there to be like, it's not even that I need it to be wide open because I generally argue about, argue against that most of the time. But I do think that we're seeing the, the benefits of that right now because there's so much room for innovation. As well, it's well. funny because in a lot of ways, I think the format's closed off a little bit from before, but like, there's still a lot of room for, for growth and change within that. And a lot of meditating yeah. that can happen. So uh, I feel like I like to end on some sort of piece of advice, whether it's like what we would play at the event or, or whatever. So I, I'll, I'll ask you if, if you had a cup this weekend, what would you play since there's no real events and, cups obviously like and i take that in full context right you don't need to play yeah. the best deck if there was a cup this weekend what would you play i'd be playing i'd play the some i don't I don't know the exact text at this point because we've changed them a little bit but i would be playing the, the glasses, super box. glasses lost box i love that deck it is so much fun to play i feel like i've out in every single matchup i, I played it at my most recent challenge and i loved it not, yeah i would not be switching off of that, that yeah. right now that makes sense. That actually seems very, very good. Uh, I would be playing, and this will be a shock to literally nobody, DT Emu. Wow, that, that isn't shocking. <laughs> no, and that's something we can also talk uh, about next week. Because, like, yeah, I, I, I do just think the deck is good right now. I think that there's enough tech packages that make you not favored into Charizard, but you know, you've know you got enough disruption that you can win the game against Charizard, and I like my spot against every other deck right now. Yeah. No, so, wow, Roaring Moon number two. How crazy. Wow, wait. If I walked in and I realized you were there playing you, I think I'd have to build Turbo Mew or Turbo Turbo Moon just for the really. That's when you decided this is the thing to play. That would yeah, just, just the look on your face would be so funny that I think I feel yeah, like that's that'd what be I'd such have an aggressive do. K. Fine. Which I actually don't I think at our local specifically, you'd be in trouble because I think they're like I, I I've told you before that a bunch of people play like Maridon and things like that. I think the second most played deck is probably Oregon. Turbo Moon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like you just be like, well, can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's but, fair. Yeah. But that nah, it's, it's but, mostly uh, just because it's a fun deck to play. It's way less about it being like the best deck and more than I like playing Mew. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, I get it. I, I get it. And you're running out of time to play Mew. I know. Yeah. It sounds running out. But all right. That'll do it for this week. We will catch you guys next week on Ancient Wisdom. Thanks, y'all.